I know we just finished praying, but before we get into God's word, if we could pray again, because this is, it's always a miracle when God speaks to us through his word. Uh, This isn't like studying a textbook. It's living and active. And God has promised us that we have the Holy Spirit to help us. So let's pray. Let's ask for his help before we dive in. Would you bow with me? Father, we just acknowledge before you that we depend on you for everything, and that includes the ability to receive your word, to understand it, but more than that, to be transformed by it. So would you please help us right now? Would you fill us with your Holy Spirit together to have eyes that see and ears that hear and soft, receptive hearts? In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. So we have determined together, we talked about this last week, we have determined together to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ by listening to his teaching and living by it. We've determined that we will not set up manger scenes in our homes without setting up Jesus' teaching in our hearts. And so we re-entered the story of Jesus in the book of Mark in chapter 12, and you can go ahead and find chapter 12 in your Bibles. We re-entered the story of Jesus in Mark chapter 12 as he was teaching a crowd of people in the temple, and he was warning them of the religious leaders of the temple, the scribes. He said, beware of the scribes because they like attention, position, and possessions. And do you remember the last specific thing Jesus warned them about related to the scribes? Try to get your brain back a week. Actually, it's the second to last specific thing that he mentioned He said, they devour widows' houses. They gobble up the material resources of the very poorest and most vulnerable people in their society. Today we're going to read what happened next after Jesus uh, gave this teaching, starting in verse 41. Let's read just the first part of that verse to begin. And Jesus sat down, this is Mark chapter 12, verse 41. And Jesus sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. So he just gave this teaching, and then he has a seat opposite what was called here the treasury. This was a general area in the temple where anybody could go. It was called the court of women, but it wasn't just for women. Anybody could go here. And in this big court, there were 13 receptacles set up that would have looked like trumpets turned upside down. And this was where you could give your offering. The narrow opening was at the top where you put in your money and it fell down into the the big opening in the bottom. And each one was set apart to some specific fund to help finance the temple and all the expenditures related to the temple. Kind of like we have different funds for our church. We have the general fund, which goes toward just our day-to-day normal operations. And then we have the deacon's fund, which goes to help people who are in need with pressing bills. Then we have the Penny Crusade, which isn't really a fund, but it's a special offering that goes toward missions. They had sort of a similar setup, these 13 stations. People could go to and put in their offering. So Jesus sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums, And a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which make a penny. 
So Jesus sitting here observing people giving their offerings sees two things. First, he sees many rich people coming and putting in large sums of money. So we try to visualize this. It's difficult because it's an ancient culture. I don't know what it would have looked like for them to carry large sums of money. I don't know if they had a big sack over their shoulder with a big dollar sign on the back, lugging it up to, the, to these receptacles and then heaving it to the ground. And it, The small opening was on the top, so they couldn't have just put the whole bag in there one time. They had to take out handfuls of coins, I guess, and just keep... Putting it in, large sums would have taken a longer amount of time. Probably a line forming behind them as they put in this money. Probably all kinds of racket. I don't know if you've ever heard those coin counting machines at the bank. Maybe it sounded like that, just loud and long. Maybe dropping some of them and having to pick them back up and put them in. Sorry, I'm just really generous. This is going to take a while. Large sums of money, many rich people doing this. But then he sees something else as well. A poor widow, one poor widow, not with a bag of cash over her shoulder, but with two tiny coins together, which would add up to be something like our penny. Plink, plink, and she's done. These coins were the kind of coins, if you got out of your car at Walmart and you saw a pile of them on the ground in the parking lot, you'd probably just keep walking because they're not worth enough to stoop over and pick them up. That was her offering. Jesus witnesses these two things and sees this as a teachable moment for his disciples. So he calls his disciples around. Verse 43, And he called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. So Jesus witnessing the scene as Folks are giving their money. Calls his disciples. Says, come here, I need you guys to see this. You see that widow there? You heard her plink those two little tiny coins in. She has put in more than all these wealthy people. Now maybe they were wondering, well, how could those two tiny coins be more than the, perhaps, the equivalent of hundreds of dollars from these other people? Well, let's let Jesus explain Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. Why? How? For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. Now, What did Jesus want his disciples to take away from this, this object lesson? What did Jesus want us to take away from this object lesson? I always thought that he was pointing out this widow as the example. This is what God's people should be like. In contrast to the scribes, be like the widow and give everything, 100% give it all away. If that's what Jesus means, our application and response is really easy, and we can do it right now. I'll call the ushers back up. I'll give them the offering place, and they'll pass them. We'll give you just a minute to think through or maybe pull up your banking information to figure out exactly how much liquid cash you have, and you give it all, every last drop. However, 
I actually don't think that's what Jesus was getting at. Though I always did think that's what he was getting at. First, remember the context. What's going on when Jesus gives this teaching? Since he entered Jerusalem, he has been pummeling the temple system and the leaders of the temple with confrontation after confrontation about how corrupt they were. Remember when he first entered the temple, he was turning tables over and driving people out of the temple, which is unlike Jesus. He's not a violent man. He's a gentle man. But he was so angered by what was going on in there. He's overturning tables and driving people out. And he said, you've turned what should be a house of prayer into a den of robbers. And then more confrontations continue until we get to the passage where we are. And he just got done teaching the crowds, beware of the scribes because they devour widows' houses. They gobble up all the material resources of the widows, the poorest people in our society. Now, so remember the context, and then look back at the passage itself. Nowhere in here does Jesus explicitly condemn the rich people who are putting in large amounts of money because they didn't put in 100%. He doesn't comment on it. He just notices it. And nowhere really does he commend the widow for putting in 100% of what she had. He, He really doesn't comment on that. He just notices it and points it out. Really what the teaching consists of, he's just pointing out the mathematics of it. This poor widow is giving more than all these wealthy people because she's giving everything that belongs to her. I think what he's saying is, remember how I told you these scribes devour widows' houses? This is exactly what I'm talking about. It's happening right now. You see that widow. She's a perfect example. The poor widow's are being crushed by the weight of this corrupt temple system way more than anybody else. They get overlooked because their little bits of offering seem so insignificant compared to the treasures and wealth being poured out by the rich. But it's not insignificant to her. That was everything she had that she put in there. She had two coins. And she didn't just put in one and save the other. She put in both and now has nothing. You see what he emphasizes at the end? Everything she had, all she had to live on. She has no money for food for herself or her children any longer while the scribes continue to get fat. I really don't think the widow is a hero in this story. I think she's a victim. I think she's an object lesson of what Jesus has been talking about for chapters now of how corrupt the temple system had become, and the scribes were the bad guys. Now, taking this passage in today, if, if the response is not for me to pass the offering plate and for you to literally give everything you have, all you have to live on, if that's not the response, if, if I'm right in my understanding of this, what is our response? How can we celebrate Jesus by taking this lesson to heart this Christmas? Well, three things come to mind. The first is just exactly what Jesus began this whole section with back in verse 38. Beware of the scribes. 
Beware of religious leaders who seek financial gifts from vulnerable people. Beware of religious leaders who seek financial gifts from vulnerable people, from poor people. Maybe they're on TV, maybe they're on the radio, maybe they write books, maybe they're none of those things, maybe they're just a a normal pastor like me in a normal church like ours. Beware of these kinds of religious leaders. Second application, our church and our practices and our religious leadership, including myself, we must never devour the poor and vulnerable. We should never pressure poor and vulnerable people to give money to us, to our church, to me. It should never, ever happen. And the third, let's let the mercy and grace of God that we have received through Jesus Christ motivate us to care for vulnerable people. So what set Jesus apart from the religious leaders of his day was that he noticed and cared for the vulnerable and sinful people, whereas the religious, the religious people of his day didn't. They shunned them, they condemned them, they ignored them, or they exploited them. If we're going to be like Jesus this Christmas, we need to notice and care for vulnerable people. So, let's think together for a minute, just think to yourself, who do you know who is like this widow? Who do you know who is the most like this widow? Vulnerable, lacking resources, lacking a safety net, financial or social safety net. And maybe it's not someone you know, maybe it's someone you know through a network of people, or maybe it's someone you know from a distance because you're aware of their plight. Let's pray for God to bring to mind maybe just one person who's somewhat like this widow. How can you bless them this Christmas? How can you show them that you see them and you value them and you love them and you care for them? I think the best way for us to respond to Jesus' teaching, actually last week and this week, because I think they go together, is to not be anything like those scribes, not follow religious leaders who are like those scribes, but instead follow Jesus, who poured himself out for the needy and vulnerable, and then do the same. So, let's pray together now and ask God to show us who and how to be this way. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you so much for Jesus Christ and for the forgiveness that you offer us through him and for his example of love toward the most vulnerable people in society. Would you please help us to follow that this Christmas? Help us to honor Christ by being Christ-like. Please bring to our minds those who are vulnerable And please give us wisdom and show us how we can care for them. Maybe it will just be a lot of different acts of care and concern by individuals, or maybe it's something bigger that we all will lean into together. We trust your guidance in this. But we want to please you and honor you, and we want to care for those in need. We trust you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.